Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right, we're going to start again on our... um, our Bible study on chapter 2, Overcoming Weakness with Strength. Amen? Overcoming Weakness with Strength. I do have to say I enjoyed the first chapter. I liked how it gave us that picture of what an overcomer looks like. Amen? And it also gives us what <laughs> what are, um, I should say, what uh, what the overcomer's challenge looks like. Amen. We talked about how our challenges, the overcomer's challenges has to deal with the size, the sight, and the shout. Amen. Amen. The size of Goliath was tall. The sight of him was enormous and huge, almost overwhelming. And his shout was very, very loud. But then we also looked at what it was to be an overcomer. And I appreciate that because I can preach to you and tell you we need to be an overcomer. But if I don't tell you (laughs) what that is, then I've done y'all a disservice. And amen, I have not painted or I have not helped you equip to become an overcomer if I didn't let you know what that was. We talked about David's conviction David's courage and David's confidence, amen? His conviction that, hey, he was shocked that Goliath was shouting all of these negatives and things about God and his people, and there was a conviction that that is not supposed to be. (laughs) And then his courage was no matter what come his way, he was going to have that courage to face his obstacles, amen? And sometimes... We have to face our challenges. I'm a type person that, again, I don't like to, um, I'm not a confrontational person and I don't like confrontation. It just makes me just like jello and wiggly. I, I just don't like that. It bothers me a lot. But folks, sometimes, and this is something too, I have to talk to myself. When we deal with problems and we're dealing with the Satan, the devil, I should say, we sometimes just have to have courage to face, amen, face our challenges head on. When David stood, when Goliath took a step forward to face David, David did not rear back, but he met him. They met each other at the battlefield. And sometimes, folks, we just have to be courageous and face our challenges. And the reason why David was able to do that was because the last thing, he had confidence. An overcomer has conviction, amen, courage and confidence. Confidence that God was going to take care of the rest, amen, amen. I kind of feel like he was like the three Hebrew children when they said, you know, we're not going to um, bow down to you, O king. No, we're not going to do it. 
But if you throw us in this fiery and we do die, <laughs> I, we're still not going to back down with what we believe. Amen. So I believe David was kind of like that confident too. Was bless God. This is wrong. I'm going to meet this thing face off. And if Goliath does kill me, that's all right. God's going to get <laughs> the last show, last word in it. I promise you that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, again, we're switching over now to kind of the meat and potatoes <laughs> of, our, um, of our study now. Some more applicable things that we can do and, and, and learn from. There's eight different things that we're going to talk about. And the first one, again, is going to be overcoming weakness with strength. Amen. Overcoming weakness with strength. Amen. The, the strength, an overcomer's strength is a strength that comes in many forms and so does weaknesses. There are many strengths that we have and there are many weaknesses that we have as well. A few that the book mentioned was marital and moral weaknesses, financial and physical weakness, parental and job-related weaknesses. Some people excel at these, and some people do not do as well as others. Amen? But the most debilitating weakness of all is the, is the weakness in your spiritual life, in your walk with God. If ever there is a weakness that we as individuals should be able to focus on, it is that weakness of our spiritual life. Amen. To make sure that we are all <laughs> packed up, ready to go, <laughs> so to speak. And everything is right between us and God. Amen. We might have some weaknesses like, um, uh, you know, uh, physical or financial or all of that. But folks, we best not ever get to a point where our, where our main weakness is our spiritual life. Amen. Our spiritual life is the most important. We all face something that's going to shake us to the core. Believe you or not, but there is something that one day you're going to face. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. Maybe it's something you have dealt with. Maybe it's something that you thought, well, I'll never have to deal with something like that. But there is something, an obstacle that you're going to have to face one day that's going to shake us to your very core. That's going to put the nitty to the gritty. <laughs> That's going to put where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, with our relationship with God. Amen. We all face, oh, in Ephesians, we're told to face all realities of an oppositional world with the strength we receive from our spiritual life. Now, that's very interesting to me. The book, I, I got that from the book. In Ephesians, we're told to face all realities of an oppositional world with the strength we receive 
from our spiritual life. Folks, can I tell you that in a world, well, let me say it this way. We, look, we live in a world that is very concerned with the outward appearance. Amen. Me, personally, I'm trying to become healthier. I'm trying to eat right. I'm trying to not drink so many Cokes. I'm trying to stay away from sugars. I'm trying to drink as much water as I can because um, just because my body is getting older and it's changing and, you know, you see where I could used to get up and wake up and stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, rest two hours and get up the next day like nothing was wrong. That's not the case. Nine third. When it gets nine o'clock, I'm looking at Marcy saying, "Hey, I think it, we got to go to bed. <laughs> it's time to sleep. Kind of get to bed or something. Relax a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. But what I found interesting is in a world that we look so much out of the outward experience. And let me tell you, exercise and getting healthy and all that stuff. That is not bad. That is good. Amen. And I had a really good talk. Um, at one of our meetings there in Mariana with other pastors. And one of the, I went to that class where it talked about there was senior pastors that had been in ministry for a long time. For, and they were talking to us younger that hadn't pastored for like one, two, or three. That has only had a year to three years of just being in a pastorate position. And one of the ministers had said the one thing that he would learn was to take care of himself. And I believe that. Amen. It's not fair to, and I'm talking to my, I'm, pre, I'm getting the switch on myself today. <laughs> it is not fair for someone, uh, for me to, your pastor, to not take care of himself and do to that way where I can't be of assistance to y'all. I mean, that's just, that's the truth. That's, you know, that's shame on me, shame on whatever. I have a responsibility as being the caretaker of you. You are my sheep. Your spiritual health is my main concern. Amen. And so if I don't take care of myself, how can I take care? Come on now, somebody. How can I take care of you? Amen. How can I do that? Marcy, stop smiling. <laughs> how can I take care of you? But that's the truth. That is God. I, you know, that is the God's honest truth. And again, that is whipping me. But I can't do, I, that is a discernment to you if I can't do that. So that's one thing the Lord has taught me and has showed me that we've got to take care of ourselves. And first, in church, let me tell you this. What I found powerful about that one sentence that that author said in this book is I believe that your spiritual life affects your physical life. I believe that. I mean, I really do. When I think, when I read that, I mean, to be honest, I could probably have a whole sermon dedicated to just that one sentence and have it on Sunday and preach it again. I mean, this just spoke to me that your spiritual life is connected to your physical life and to your mental life. Amen. I mean, if you think about it, you, we can get so anxious about things that it would drive us crazy. It would make us sick. It would give us ulcers. It would do... See how that affects our body? 
one, one little thing going on in your mind, some, th- some tormenting fear or some anxiousness or some worry or doubt or something like that, and how it's proven that that stuff eats away at your body. It makes your immune system weak. And then, guess what happens? <laughs> you get worse and worse and worse. But see, God always deals with the spiritual first. Why? Because He's God and He's so much smarter than, than all these scientists and doctors. Because He knows if He can get the spiritual healthy, the spiritual side of us healthy, everything else is going to be in line. Amen? We won't have to doubt and worry and fear. Why? Because we know the Bible says that perfect love casteth down fear. Amen? And if we have that worry and that anxiety, guess what happens? Hey, I know what my Bible says. I know what God says. I'm going to believe it. Amen? Amen. Anyway, I could talk the rest of the night about that, but that was, I'm going to print that out and put that on my desk or something. But the most debilitating weakness of all is the weak. oh no, excuse me. In Ephesians, we're told to face all realities in an oppositional world with the strength we receive from our spiritual life. And Paul even says this a little bit further, and this is kind of where the book wants to go in Ephesians, chapter number 6. Where he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then now after that, he goes on to the armors and all that kind of stuff. Which that's kind of the main scripture that we're going to be using and that what we're going to do to focus um, from here on out. Amen. This armor, this thing right here. But the first thing Paul says is that brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. A long time ago, Donnie Schutz, when he had camp meetings over at his church, he preached a sermon, um, and I've got it. I bought every time I, I'd buy the, they would sell the tape or the CDs of the camp meetings, and I would buy and I would buy them. And the one that really stuck out to me, and especially when I was studying this, was a sermon he preached saying, be strong. Be strong. And he said, when you look at that, when you see this, this is not something that is a suggestive uh, word or a phrase. It is nothing that is a rec- like God's not recommending it, but it is always a command. God has always told his people, be strong. And Paul is reiterating this same theme to, these, to the Christians in Ephesus that now we have to be strong. Amen? Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 9 reiterates, be strong and of a good courage. Amen. Corinthians, 1 Chronicles 28 and 20, David said, um, uh, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. Amen? So you see this theme. 
where God is encouraging His people in the Old Testament, now He is encouraging us again in the New Testament to be strong. Be strong. More than 30 occasions in the Bible where God commands somebody to be strong. Be strong. But what's funny too, when I read the book and I began to study and look in it, and it was very true, he never called anybody to fight, but to be strong. He never called really anybody. And I know what I, I mean, God did call people to fight, but when he always encouraged someone, when he used that phrase, be strong, it was never meant for you to do an action, so to speak. But more or less, it was a word to be used to stand. Not a call to fight, but to stand. Paul uses the language of standing to describe how to apply spiritual strength. Why is that? Why is that? Because we read in Romans 8 and 37, 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Christ, by His death and resurrection, has already defeated Satan. Satan is already a defeated foe. He's already lost. The battle and the war is over. It's done with. Satan's lost. Satan is defeated. He knows where he's going. The plans are already set up in motion. It's waiting for him. And I had in our meeting uh, uh, Monday, it was um, Brother Barks. He was talking and he said, you know... And I forget how how it got to how we got to this subject, but we do talk about a lot of things, and it just moves on to different things. And he said, "You know, hell was never meant for us. Hell was meant for Satan and his fallen angels. But see, God does not send people to hell. Get that." God does not send people to hell. They willingly say, God, I disregard what you have to say, and they send themselves. Isn't that sad? Ain't that a horrible state to be in? To look at a God that made this universe, that was the creator, that created all this, and say, I know better than you. Your ways are, are old, and I don't like that. I'm going my way. And that's why Brother Bark said hell's had to enlarge itself. That's Bible. Hell has had to enlarge itself because people has refused, refused to heed the Word of God. I'm telling you, folks, this is a sombering reality that hell is a real place. Hell is a very large place. And it is a place of torment and it was never designed for you and I it was designed for Satan 
So see, folks, Satan's already defeated. He already has his prison. He already has where he's going and everything. But what's happening now is we have to, unfortunately, kind of like war. When you read and you study a little bit about war, like the Revolutionary War, the World War I and II, Vietnam, uh, all of these kind of different wars, the main war was finished. But there's little battles that still rage on because it hadn't yet been communicated that the war is over. See, the problem is Satan is trying to do his best to get us because he knows where he's going. So he tries to send obstacles and things our way to take us down, to peg us down. Why? Because he's trying to grab as many people as he can to go with them. He's a sore loser. <laughs> hey, man, you ever played with somebody like that that was a sore loser? And they knew they were going to lose, so they're just going to do everything they can to make the game just as miserable. <laughs> just as miserable until it's all over with. That's what the devil's doing. Amen. I've played Monopoly sometimes with some sorry people, and it's just been a displeasure to play it sometimes. I mean, it was just, oh, they just whined and cried and complained and all the kind of stuff, and it was so un unenjoyable. But the point of it was so that the game would stop. <laughs> and that's exactly what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to peg us off. He's trying to make us quit the game. But God tells us to be strong and not in the sense to fight, not in the sense to armor ourselves, so to speak, or to swing, because we can't do it. As much as I'd love to, and I know I've said this before, I'd love to just punch the devil sometimes. I wish I could, I wish he had an address and I could just, we could go and meet him and I'd just like to slug him sometimes or, you know, cut his tires or do something like that. Vindictive. What we can't do, that we can't necessarily fight the devil, but we can stand against him. And this was so interesting to me because the strength that we have as an overcomer is to be able to stand and withhold the enemy and his ways. Amen? Because God, because Jesus has already defeated them. The spiritual perspective, we're not fighting for victory, but from victory. And this changes is everything. We're called to be strong so we'll stand in the victory that's already been won. Amen? We're not called to have this strength to just wrestle and fight and, and do this. But this strength is able to, what I've said again before at the pulpit, for endurance. Endurance for this life. Man, this life's hard. Man, the troubles and the things that we have to face each and every day when we wake up in the morning. It's almost sometimes overwhelming and and just having to deal with life in general and its ups and downs and all of that kind of stuff. You could have the strongest body in the world. You can be physically so powerful. 
But man, I've seen people that have that muscles are huge just cower and cry over the sight of little innocent puppies or or anything that will affect them hearts that committed suicide felt that life was so hard and difficult for them that they've just done terrible things and you'd look at that person and say how could someone so strong be able to do that because they had a strength but not the strength of endurance we have to endure that's why Paul said for us to be strong and to stand. 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 We're called by God to fight by standing firm. To take a stand so that evil shall not pass. Through your faith, he gives us the courage and strength to do this. And each day you must ask yourself as you lean on the strength of God, am I going to overcome and work towards my goals? Or am I going to give up and fail? Am I going to, as I wake up today, as I face up, am I going to put on strength? Or am I going to fail today? I tell you today, church, I've needed God's strength. (laughs) I've needed that strength. Amen? And and again, it's almost kind of like, I can tell you, well, you just need to, Sister Shirley, you just need to be strong. That's what you need to do. You just need to be strong in the Lord. Stand firm, be strong. Well, how do we do that? How do we be strong? How do we are able to stand firm against the wilds of the devil? How are we able to do that? First thing we've got to learn is that we get God's strength from His Word. We get God's strength from His Word. And I like what he said here. It's a quote, and he says, If your Bible is falling apart, it usually means that you are not. If your Bible is falling apart, it usually means that you are not. I saw a guy on uh, Facebook, and he took a picture of, um, of his pastor, and it was his Bible. And that thing looked like Sanford and Son had, it was Sanford's Bible. <laughs> there was notes, there was things that were stapled on it. There was all kind of different. There were pages that were torn. There were that were had been ripped and crinkled and and all of that kind of stuff. The leather had almost separated from the Bible itself. And it and he took pictures of opening it. And there's all these marks and circles and inks and all of these things. And to be honest, me. My personality, that would drive me insane. Because <laughs> I just, uh, I just can't, I can't stand that. I can't, I can't stand that personally myself. But what I have been doing is I have been writing in my Bible. Now what I've been doing is 
I've seen these highlighters and all these things that they have out and all that. The problem is they bleed through the pages so much. Well, I did some research and I looked and looked and looked. And someone said, you get crayon pencils, colored pencils. And I did. And it works. <laughs> no bleed through or nothing. It's the thin, crinkle, crinkle paper. But I'll highlight a scripture or highlight something that the Lord has showed me or whatever. And it's so where you can see it, so it's not dull, but it doesn't bleed through to the other side. Why would that be something that we would want to do? Because when we read in Psalms 119, 28, oh, and other verses in Scripture, we find where there is an attitude to love the Word of God. We need to love the Word of God. We need, as the Bible says, to hide it in our heart that we might not sin against God. Amen? Oh, that precious Word. How do you get strength to stand? How are you able to get this supernatural strength? Because again, when we look at if we just look at David in that scenario with him versus Goliath, we see just a perfect person that just was amazing, that God led, that God did accomplish many things, and it was wonderful and all that. I know later on he messes up, but during that moment we see David was just about a perfect person, and we say, I wish I was more like David. I wish I could be like David. Well, <laughs> that is almost untruthful and in a way because we know that we're all human and we all make mistakes. God uses us and God can use us for his perfect vision and his plan. But David did mess up. But one thing about it, folks, is when we, com when we compare ourselves to these people, it's almost not fair. Because if we compare them, if we compare our life to David, or we compare our life to these quote-unquote superstars of, of the Bible, you have to think, what did they have to go through to get to that point? And are you willing to pay the price to get to that point where they were at? <laughs> You see what I'm saying here? Oh, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to do that? And sometimes we get discouraged and we say, I'll never have the strength like David did. I'll never have the faith like Daniel had or the prayer life like Daniel. I'll never be able to evangelize and do what Paul said and all of those kind of things. But folks, how we get that strength is from reading God's Word. Hiding it in our hearts. Not only that, but we get God's strength from worship. We get God's strength from worship. Do me a favor. The next time you feel maybe aggravated, you're mad, or something's not going your way, or... Something's happening or whatever. Listen to some gospel music and see how it changes.
there was an experiment that we did at work where we turned on gospel music. And it was incredible the change that happened. There is something about worship that is amazing. It literally transforms the atmosphere. Isn't it funny to me? And I find this funny. It, it, it is. It's just funny to me. That when we have certain preachers or certain visitors that have come in the past, it has, the worship has changed. You know, we may sing the same songs that we've sung with, without them, but when that minister, when that somebody comes, we change. If that, uh, and in particular, I remember um, Brother Tommy and Sister Reese would came, and how it changed the atmosphere because they brought worship here. Amen. And I want us to think about this. The reason I wonder why. We don't have, or we might not have a move, or maybe, you know what I'm trying to say is, I wonder if we're bringing worship into God's house. I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder if we're so focused, and I'm talking to me too. I wonder if I'm so focused on making sure everything's right and making sure all the T's and I's are crossed and I know where I'm to go and I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at everything and all the mechanics and making sure that the mechanics are right. But I'm not really concentrating on the worship. That's something that we have to think about. This, oh, y'all, I'm stepping on my toes too just as much as y'all's. I hate to do that, but... I'm just, oh, I'm just thinking about all this stuff. How we get strength is through God's Word and worship. When we entertain His presence. When His presence comes. Amen. It is true. Wherever two or three are gathered in His name, there He'll be in the midst. He'll be, he'll be with us. And folks, sometimes we just have to have that attitude of, God's going to meet us here. I don't know, I don't know how, your, how the rest of your day was, Sister Joan, but I guarantee you, we just have to, God's just going to meet us here. I, I don't understand. I, I've had such a horrible week. And Cindy, I know you've had just a terrible battle this whole week and all this stuff. But bless God, I just know when I get under those doors on Sunday, I'm telling you, God's going to meet me and things are going to change. See, we've brought worship with us. And I'm afraid sometimes we're so bogged down. Y'all, and I'm, I'm not getting on to y'all just as much as I'm getting on to me. I think sometimes I come in so bogged down with stuff that it's almost like we have to pump and pump and pump in the worship to finally get something breakthrough. Amen? It happens to us sometimes. It happens to me. It happens like, man, I just... There's so many things on my mind. I'm like, okay, let's just go through this. And all right, now let's move on. We got the worship up. All right, I've got a few more minutes. And we got to, you know, but I guarantee you sometimes we just have to forget. And I'm, and I'm not saying that we can't be without order. You know, that's dumb. We, we, God is a God of order. <laughs> Amen. God don't just want us to not be uh, um, planned out and all of that kind of stuff. God ain't. 
God don't like that. And I don't think God appreciates that. Just to say, all right, we're here. And what are we going to sing? Well, I don't know what you feel like singing. Mm, I don't know. You know, I think there's got to be a plan in order. But I also think that there has to be a surrender. To say, God, it's yours. Whatever you have us to do. Amen. And I'm, and I'm hurrying along here. We get strength from His Word, from His worship. And we get strength by something I don't like to do. Wait. Waiting. Waiting. The essence of waiting is to accept the unfolding of God's plan in His time. Waiting. The essence of waiting is to accept the unfolding of God's plan in his time. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't think anybody does. But folks, in order for us to have strength to overcome, we have to wait. We have to wait. And how do we wait? I I won't go to McDonald's. You know why? Because I have to wait. (laughs) Oh, I can't stand it. Uh, Lunchtime and all that. I'll be hungry and I'll look and there'll be a a little line at midnight. No, I ain't going. Let's go to Piggly Wiggly or or something like that. I'm I'm not going to (laughs) wait. You know, we can't stand to wait sometimes. But God tells us to wait. How we get strength is by waiting on Him. And how do we do that? By slowing down. We have to slow down. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. (laughs) We have to slow. I wish I had a mirror. We have to slow down. Now, what am I trying? And again, I don't want to get in trouble again. (laughs) I'm not telling you we can't go and have fun and have, you know, me go in meetings and and do all these kind of stuff. And we can't go on vacation. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not saying that what we have to do is just do like... Like we did back in the old days and just sit on our porch and rock and just talk and have everything go easy and, you know, not worry about nothing like that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. And Isaiah chapter 30. This was a time that, well, let me tell you this, slowing down. And in that particular part where the author was talking about slowing down, he used the word quiet which is another what I'm going to talk about, but quiet means ceasing activity rather than the sensation of noise. You ever heard, oh, we need to be quiet before the Lord. And we just think, okay, we just need to be quiet and not say anything. But really it's talking about ceasing activity. Why I'm saying that is because when you look in Isaiah, especially that chapter 30, and in, during that time of, in Isaiah's time, God was telling them that you need to slow down and be quiet. Because what was happening was they didn't need to just be quiet and not, or just to shut up. <laughs> 
But see, they were having to deal with problems. And how did they handle their problems? They panicked. They, they ran to other foreign aides to say, hey, we need help. We've got all these things that are going on and we need your help. There's this army coming and all this trouble and we need your help here. Hey, can I do? They were frantic. <coughs> <coughs> trying to solve a problem that all they needed to do was go to God first. And he told them, slow down. <laughs> slow down. Don't try and figure this thing out. Don't try and run yourself ragged trying to... Don't lose sleep trying to say, God, I just don't know... And oh, my, 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 many times I've said, God, I just don't, I can't figure this out. I've, I've thought about this and I just don't know what I'm going to do. And I just, oh, just toss and turn and toss and turn. And all the while God's saying, slow down, slow down, just be quiet. Not shut up, but just quiet yourself. Cease your activity is what he's saying. Just cease your activity. I'm just going to move on because the second one, of course, is get quiet. We've got to turn off the distractions in our life. Folks, we have to sometimes, and I know <laughs> we have to sometimes get to a point where we have to turn off the TV or turn off the radio or turn off the phone. Or don't get on social media. Or do things like that. But sometimes we just have to. God is asking us when we're battling something and we need strength to fight. We have to sometimes slow down. And we have to sometimes be quiet. And that means sometimes to just turn off the distractions in our lives. I can't stand a noisy restaurant because you can't hear the other person and it's just rah, 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 rah. and then I can't stand going to some restaurants that they'll have the TVs so it's a loud restaurant people are talking it's really loud then you have TVs going and you're just like oh <laughs> you're just going everywhere spinning around trying to pay attention you can't because this is things distracting this thing's distracting and it's all distracting and God is saying, sometimes you've just got to turn it off. You have to turn all those things off. Not permanently. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you've just got to say, uh, Lana, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to look on Facebook today. I'm dealing with something today. And you know what? That just every time. A personal thing that, that hits me sometimes is sometimes I don't like to... Uh, read or see the news because I get mad and I'll just say you know what I'm just going to turn it off <laughs> because if I do I get angry or upset and it just it you know and it's like God I'm I'm having to fight something that I don't want to be distracted <laughs> amen and lastly is something that we all know we have to pray we have to pray and I'm not going to get into a big spill about that because we all know what prayer does. We know prayer is our weapon. And so in closing, and I know I'm a little late, but let me tell you this. In closing, this is what I want us to do for the entire month of July. 
every day this month, I want us to find 10 minutes during the day which you can sit quietly, read, read God's Word, and silently reflect on what He's telling you in the Scripture. 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. You know, I had talked about Marcy. I talked with this about Marcy, and I had said, you know, we're just so busy and things going on that it's almost like we just don't have time in the day to do stuff. You know what? You do have time. You do have time. I know it seems like time runs out and all that, but then when you really get to audit your time on when you're doing, you begin to find hours and minutes that are like, Oh, I do have time to do this. I've just occupied myself with other things. I'm very, when after, after work, I usually like to just detox and just sit on my couch and just maybe watch TV or whatever. But I have found that sometimes I'll do that and I'll get up and I'm like, oh, I've got to do this and that and the other. And time has just flown by. Well, no, I've just been lazy to sit on my rear end on the couch, that time's just passed me on by because I didn't want to do nothing. (laughs) We've got time. And sometimes we have to make sacrifices for those times. But folks, I want to encourage you and hear me on this. We can have this strength that David had. We can have these strengths that people of the Bible have had that we just are all all struck on how they were able to do stuff. We're able to have it. But are we able to pay the price to get what it is to take? Because folks, let me tell you, God will give us strength. God will be that ever-present help in the time of trouble. But folks, it's all reliant on on your spiritual help. How healthy are you? I'm not talking about your blood pressure. I look, my sugar was 94 today. And my blood pressure was good today. And I took my medicine and my multivitamin today. Let me tell you a story about that. I went and I was wanting to get a vitamin, a good old, and I heard, you know, one a day. One a day. And I thought, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take one a day. And I got that bottle and it had all these kind of wonderful things. And I said, yes, this is exactly what I need. I need better vision and I need a sharper mind. And I need, yeah, all these good things. And I bought it and I took it home and I said, oh, I'm so excited about this. And then I read it again and it said, one a day, 50 plus. I said, no, I'm not 50 plus. (laughs) But I need it. (laughs) So I got that one and I got one that was for energy. To help with energy. Amen. It's good to be concerned about your health. It's good to be watchful of the things that you eat. But most importantly, folks, we need to be concerned about our spiritual health. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, 
You can share it with your friends. You can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.